Welcome back to another exciting episode of No Quest for the Wicked. Gentlemen, I've got two questions for you. Are you ready to rock? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah let's do it. <laughs> More so importantly, are you ready to roll? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've actually got a dice roller ready. I'm way too nervous about this. Are you nervous? A bunch of 15 D4s. Terry, there's no reason to be nervous. This is all going to go super fine. Our first time ever splitting up. (laughs) Literally splitting the party. You know what? It is weird because, like, I do feel very, like, like a parent leaving their child on the first day of school, like, letting Mm -hmm. Short Jack and Catherine kind of wander off without us, like... Do they cry, Dan, when we when we leave, when we turn around to get in the ship? Uh, they certainly don't. Um, <laughs> but this is an excellent uh, lead into our little recap here. Um, gentlemen, you are on Sinonis Prime. You have sort of been following the threads of this plot. For whatever reason, the Ministry of Defense seems to be framing uh, the Sinonans for attacks all over the system and are using it as a means to invade and attack Sonona's Prime. There's a bunch of different reasons that you seem to have like kind of figured out. One of the big reasons seems to be that they know that there is a Valai on this planet and that might be the reason why they're invading. There might be other reasons at play, but that seems to be to be the big one right now. The invasion has started proper. During a sort of like sacrifice, the Cadricals Keepers killed a bunch of the mercenaries that were the original invading force and in doing so on the ley lines, the magical ley lines that run through Sonona's Prime, seems to have been able to open up a interplanetary rift that has ripped a hole in the sky of Sonona's Prime and are allowing not only Ministry of Defense forces in but another sort of strange presence as well as the Cadricals Keepers. Um, So the main city is currently completely under siege by what looks like monsters and uh, military forces. Um, You guys have made a battle plan to assist the Sononan Armada while they are mostly off-world fighting in space and holding back the Ministry of Defense fleet. Their ground forces are greatly diminished, so most of their forces are staying behind to defend the palace where they have evacuated most of these civilians, you guys are going out to sort of deal with extra threats. Uh, Durin is on his way to a tower where snipers have taken up position and are making it almost impossible for any ground operations to take place outside of the palace. Merrick is on his way to investigate a strange energy anomaly at a church. Cody is boarding the persistence with Jenny to take out the giant floating worm that is currently destroying the city. And Shortjack and Cathan are holding the gates of the palace alongside the Sononan Armada. And Zelfis is working with Quinlan and the rest of the team in the war room to sort of figure out what that rift is and how to close it. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot lot. going on. So you guys have uh, gathered in the courtyard. The persistence has been brought up from one of the landing pads. Uh, You guys are standing outside and are currently uh, saying your your goodbyes as you are about to split ways. Is there anything you guys would like to do before you depart? Yes. Cody reaches into his jacket pocket and he's like, Merrick, Duran, I was going to give these to you and it just with all the death and everything it, it didn't really it didn't really seem like the time but I, I, I here and he hands you each a little like friendship bracelet that Aww. is like red it kind of looks like red wires but uh it's like tied intricately and uh he's just like 
uh, short short check helped me make them and uh, just come back safe, okay? Thank you, Cody. Thanks. Just don't die out there. That's the plan. Yeah, it's not an option. Merrick's going to have a couple words aside to short jack off, off camera for now that I might bring up later. Okay. You see Merrick uh, bring short jack over and uh, you kneel down and have sort of like a, a one-on-one. As this is happening, Astrid and Thimble run over to you. Uh, you can see Astrid has been kitted up with some like armor pieces that the, the Sinonans have given her. She has a... Uh, a rifle in hand and a small like satchel around her waist. Thimble has a camera and Astrid says, okay, I know you guys have a lot on your plate, but we need to be sure that the rest of the system outside of those, we can't trust the Federation of Councils anymore. I don't know who has been, uh, as you guys say, gooped. And with Sybil Maris being assassinated, and our Minister of Defense also dead, um, or at least incapacitated, the power structure of all of Casamal is about to be thrown off, and we need to let everyone know, the citizens, the people of Casamal, what's actually happening. We are going to be doing our best to film and broadcast out in an effort to find those people within the Ministry of Defense that still have their own brain and their own thoughts will hopefully pull back if they see that this is something other than what it seems to be. Um, From there, we're hoping that we can get planetary pressure from the governments to pull back their forces as well. Anything you guys see that can help, please let me know. We will do our best to relay that information. I guess my question with all this is like, what's stopping them from halting your communications out of here? Well, thankfully, the Sinonans are very smart. They're going to be doing their best to counteract any effort to suppress our broadcast. They're going to be, for pretty much the first time ever, tapping into our communication systems. So between Thimble's knowledge of how the Federation of Councils and our broadcast systems work and the Sinonans' technical savvy, we should be able to hijack the signal, if not indefinitely, at least for bursts, in order to interrupt what's being shown elsewhere. Okay. Um, the monsters in the city, are they hybrid monsters, or are they like a, some kind of new eldritch horror that we haven't seen before? It's tough to tell from here. Um, but I will say that worm thing that's smashing through the city absolutely does not look like one of the hybrid monsters. It's way too fucking big. Okay. Thimble walks over to you, Durin, and once again, she she puts her hand on you and uh, pulls you into a hug, and she just says, it's getting really annoying to keep saying this, but don't die. Hey, uh, same to you. You're going to make yourselves a target with the camera and all, so be careful out there. We're going to do our best to stay just in city walls, where we're going to be broadcasting from here. It, But if you can take care of those snipers, we'll be able to get out onto the streets and, and get a better view. I'll do what I can. Uh, do I have like a beacon or a signal or something for all of this? Uh, in what way? I know I asked it as Dern, but like, uh, how will I signal that the tower is clear? Uh, you guys have access to comms, but if you want to have like, you can get like flares or whatever. For sure. We're going to go uh, with like a rad, a rad colored flare. Let's go bright pink. Ne- okay. Electric pink. Cool. Yeah, the Sinonans yeah. uh, set you up with uh, two flares. Do you? How about you take one for job well done and one for help? What's the opposite of hot pink? Cold pink. Cold pink. Yeah, it's cold pink. 
There's a cold pink flare, Duren, just in case. And when the flare goes off, I want them to question the tone of color to figure out what's actually going on. Cody's colorblind. Oh, that's good. Do you want to take two flares, one for good, yeah. one for bad? Yeah, I think so. I think that's where we are now. I leave it to, the, to everyone else. Like, what color should the other one be? I think orange. Orange? Yeah, okay. I like that. Orange. Okay. Pink is good. Orange is bad. Yep. If I uh, take the charge, I'm just going to ring the bells really loud. How many times? I don't know. <laughs> I think if I'm dead, I won't ring them. If I'm alive, I will ring them. <laughs> so every what? second you're not ringing the bells, we should go to the church. No, no. You'll hear from me. It's fine. <laughs> yes, you guys are all interconnected with a communication system. So you will be able to, mm-hmm. to talk to one another and share status updates and whatnot. All right. Anything else y'all need to do or want to do? Um, do you have the stats for my laser stick? Yes, I do. So we can let the narrative flow. Can I get a bomb to drop out of my starship? Sure. Yeah, Dane can't talk right now. Yeah, you have a bomb. Your mouth Thanks, is just dude. full of like <laughs> explosives right you now. You see Cody trying to swallow a grenade. I learned it from watching you, Duran. Put push it into your cheek. Push it into your cheek. That's where the space is. <sighs> His face just starts tearing. <laughs> no, you put, let the cheek expand. You can do it. I know you can. I believe I, I, in you, I, Cody. I, oh God. Merrick is saying a prayer to the old desert gods. <laughs> Merrick, before I fight this worm, is it the friend of yours? No. A worm in the sky? That's sacrilege. Oh, bad That's worm. like okay. the Satan ah. himself has descended from the heavens to cause hell upon the people. A flying worm? Merrick spits on the ground and like rubs his foot in it. Cody, you kill that thing, all right? Make sure you whisper my name when it hits the ground where it deserves to be, all right? Okay. <laughs> A flying goddamn worm. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked. Now I no. truly know we're dealing with evil fucking people. You can take the ship if you want. I'll go to the church. No, I would just run right into it. Go down its throat. <laughs> I don't think that'd be beneficial to anybody. Okay, so the uh, the spear has the same stats as a Velstrak Flenser. So it's uh, 3d8 piercing and sonic. 3d8 piercing and sonic. Uh, yes, this one says slashing, but it, uh, the spear is piercing. Uh, 2d8 bleed on a crit. And that's ranged as well, right? So the way it works is for one uh, resolve point, you can do a like, like the sweeping laser thing. It has two functions. You can do a like AOE, which people have to do a reflex save to half. And you can hit like all the enemies in the room with it in front of you, essentially, in like a cone, oh. like a 60-foot cone. Or... You can just do a targeted beam, which does double the weapon damage. So uh, it'll be 68, um, and that requires a like ranged attack. Okay, cool. And you can do that once per 10-minute rest. Jenny walks behind you and claps you on the shoulder, Cody, and says, All right, honey, you ready? Yeah, let's uh, shoot the fuck out of a worm. And uh, Cody and Jenny board the persistence. Durin. How would you like to leave the city? Probably on the back of a convoy heading towards like the destination or at least get me close to it. Not close. I mean, like within range of it, I should say. So in my mind, I don't know if this is like just sitting on the back of a truck just with my gear ready to go and waiting for the opportune uh, moment to get out. So a reminder. Yes. The snipers are specifically not letting people leave. Yeah. Oh, not letting people leave. So it's within the area then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, the, the whole point of this sniper tower is they're watching. They have overwatch on the palace and yes. are shooting anything that leaves. They're intending right. to keep everyone in the, the palace walls. Fair enough. 
So if you want to recruit, like the Sononans aren't fucking cowards. They're also not dumb. But if, if you want to recruit a few Sononans to drive you yeah. out, but I will tell you, they, they will not take a tr- armored truck. They're going to take something fucking fast. That's fine. That's all we need to get there. And then Jahara, I don't know if this is possible. I know you have, you're low on troops, but if there's any way I can use one or two as a potential distraction, nothing dangerous, just enough to keep, just to turn their eyes in a direction enough, just in case. No one needs to get hurt. He thinks about that for a second. He says, I'm not using what little men I have as bait, but what I can do, uh, and he waves uh, someone over who's wearing sort of like overalls and looks like he's in like a jumpsuit. So he very much looks like a mechanic and he, they, they speak in Sononan for a second and the mechanic nods and pulls out a little tablet and begins beeping. And then another one of those platforms that the persistence was on, but smaller uh, sort of corkscrews up to the top. And there is a like half motorcycle, half Segway kind of thing. Um, so it's like you're, you're, you stand on it, but it like leans forward a little bit. And he says, you have two options. One, uh, you can use this as your means of transportation. However, we can also remote control it. So we can program a hologram on it and send it out as a distraction. That's perfect. It's not all that stable. So if they land a hit, it will be revealed as a fake almost immediately. That'll be fine. Okay, perfect. Yes, thank you, Jahara. You guys walk to the the front of the gates. Uh, joining you are Shortjack and Kathan as they make their way to the the front lines. I guess I would look over to them and be like, I wish I had more words of encouragement beyond just good luck. Uh, Shortjack looks up and just says, honestly, I mean, like, that's kind of all we need. And as he's walking, he forms his Solarian blade. And this time you can tell that he has entered into graviton mode and not photon. And Kathan unslings his rifle off his shoulder. He pulls the lever a couple times like you've seen him do before and like just overcharge his gun. And you can see the sort of like chamber beginning to spin. Uh, He draws his pistol out of his uh, holster as he uh, slides his rifle back on and spins the chamber. And you see it beginning crackling with energy again. He puts a hand on short Jack. He puts a hand on you and he just says, I appreciate you guys doing this. You remember that train? Yeah. Uh, I reach into my back and give him one of the explosive pouches, like, just in case. He grins as he slides it into his uh, side satchel. So you now have three satchel charges. That's fine. Merrick, how would you like to get out of the palace? Um, Can Merrick just, like, jump off a back wall or something? Like... (laughs) (laughs) I just never thought of that, did they, Dave? I just want to parkour, parkour over the back wall. Yeah. I mean, you, you certainly can. But again, there are snipers watching anyone leaving the palace. Is there a, there's got to be a blind spot. Is there any blind spot for a, a single person to sort of get out? Can I give him a lift with the persistence? Oh, yes, you can. That will, we'll, we'll figure out what we have to roll to yeah. get you out later. Instead of jumping from a wall, why don't you jump from a ship? That's perfect. Uh, okay, cool. So then Merrick gets on board with uh, you guys. And I believe that is it. Um, you hear over your comms, uh, testing, one, two, testing. Um, can you guys hear me? Loud and clear as Elphus. Yep. I can hear you. Fantastic. I will be running comms for this operation. And uh, if you need anything, please don't hesitate to ask. We will do everything we can to support you from the war room. Appreciate it. 
I don't even know how to respond to any of this. It's just intense. It's intense. Um, you know what? Let's start with uh, let's start with Durin. Okay. Um, are you using the vehicle yourself, or are you going to use the decoy? Decoy, decoy. That's just going to be it's going to be a just in case situation. Just to you know, maybe just pull a sniper's eye off of me for a moment, just in case. What we're going to do is you and the unless you how do you want to exit? Do you want it to go out first? Do you want to like be on it and then hop off it at some point in time as as it like turns a corner? Like what is your what would you like to do with it? Okay, the way I'm thinking of it, because imagining the tower in the distance, I kind of want to just put it off to the side, just like, you know, like resting up against a garage somewhere for like for for later use, if that makes sense. It does, but it doesn't solve the how do you get out with like. They're not just going to let you walk oh, out. Oh, you misunderstood. Okay, sorry, sorry. I understand what you're asking now. So what I'm going to do is as I get to the gates, I'm going to activate my amulet of camouflage. Ooh. I'm going to get into just like a crawl position. And the way amulet of camouflage is definitely at least described is if you remember Metal Gear Solid 4, that like camo that kind of changes to the like the street and stuff as he's yep. moving. It's like that. So maybe like a little vent or something so no one opens the door but just kind of like activate that and slow crawl my way towards the um towards the tower okay what does the camouflage give you is there a bonus are you invisible what it's the- not a bonus it's not invisibility but at a range which you can determine you t- on perception checks you roll twice and take the lowest okay cool uh then i guess you just gotta give me a stealth check and the way it describes it is a maximum distance. So it's like it's only going to be good for, like, getting part of the way there. It's not going to okay. carry me all the way. So you look out and uh, the streets themselves are empty. Uh, the snow is starting to pick up a little bit more. So this is actually beneficial in Ooh. for this because uh, visibility is lowered. Uh, the snow drifts you see are beginning to sweep along the cobblestone roads. Trash every now and then. Some debris float by. Uh, overhead, you hear uh, the whizzings of various uh, Ministry of Defense vehicles. And you can hear the footsteps and shouts and gunfire of uh, some of the keepers within the city limits. Then down the street, it is imagine sort of like the road down to the White House almost. Yeah. Right. So it's like you have all these buildings, uh, mostly business. This is almost like right downtown. The palace itself sits center of the city. And you're looking down this long street about like five or six blocks. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it is a this massive spire that you know is the sniper perch. So you have managed, they've opened a small maintenance hatch on the, the bottom of the one of the walls near the doors. Um, and they've slid that open just enough for you to squeeze through. Uh, give me that stealth check. Hell yeah. Okay. I have a 32. Okay. Let me roll a perception check for them. Oh, I'm amped. I'm amped. Because of the snow drifts and the falling snow, you don't see any activity. You don't see a glint or any gunfire coming your way. Not even a, not even like a sniper glint or any, or like the scope. I, I say that in the sense that like it's not pointing at you. Gotcha. Okay. 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 And yeah, I can't imagine any other way than just slow crawling towards it as just like keeping closer to the buildings, maybe using cover when I can. But it's all a very slow methodical crawl towards it okay yeah you begin just one slow uh, you know hand in front of a hand in front of hand 
moving quietly, even though you know they wouldn't be able to hear you. You're mm-hmm. you're practically not there. Cody, you, Merrick, and Jenny have boarded the persistence. Uh, Jenny immediately grabs onto the rungs that lead up into the gunner turret, and she pulls herself up. And Merrick, are you taking captain's chair for now, or are you staying? I, I'm just close to the exit, like okay. the drop zone. I'm not yet. Just so I can get out if issues happen, I can still get out of here. Cody, I assume you're taking your position in the pilot seat. Mm-hmm. And Jenny says, hey, Cody, um, <laughs> you're going to love this. And I feel like this is a perfect time to show you. Uh, Catherine and I, I guess Shortrack's helping too. We've all kind of been working on a little something. See the see the button to the to the right of the console? This big red one that says, do not touch, Cody, yet? Yeah, yeah, that one. Press it. I scratch out the yet, and I scratch out the do not. <laughs> I press it. <laughs> um, when you press it, you hear a, like, like <laughs> and she's like, ah, give it, okay, give it a whack. Just just hit it, because you see that, like, something has popped out a little bit, but is jammed. I smack it. When you do, the one of the panels of the console uh, flips down, and... It reveals a cassette deck. And then when it flips open, a drawer shoots out as well. And it is a row of cassette tapes. And one of them says Cody's Mix Volume 1. Oh my god. Is this good music to kill a worm to? It's good music, period. I made you sort of like a little a little something from Earth of songs that I think I think you'll enjoy. Jenny? You could be my wingman anytime. And I slam one of the cassettes in. Cool. Yes. Uh, In my mind, when we have money and we can make this into a kick-ass TV show, it is Shoot the Thrill by ACDC. The persistence begins taking off, and you hear over your comms, Johara says, we're going to open the the smaller Zashida that protects the, the palace. You'll have a brief window to get out. We're not leaving it down for long. So get ready. And you see like a little countdown appear on your your console and it drops for a second and you're able to gun it out. But you see a ship begin beelining towards the palace. And just as you leave, the, the shield comes back up and the ship smashes into it and explodes. One down. You hear over your comms, Elphid say, if you get close to the worm, we'll be able to do a little preliminary diagnostics. Uh, we'll figure out what it is. Sounds good. Merrick, where do you where do you want to be dropped off? A couple blocks away from the church, or as long as we're, it's not going to take me all day to get there. You have your, like, descent thrusters, right? Oh, yeah. You can drop me from any distance. Oh, that's Hell so yeah. fucking cool. Hoke was so cool. Yeah. Oh, dude. Merrick is wearing, like, he's he asked for a big black robe this time because he's going to a little bit of a stealth solo mode. So he's just, like, in this big robe covering his big armor, and he's just going to drop. It's going to be... I'm so excited. I pick, like, a uh, a tall enough building with, like, a flat roof, and we just, like, punch the ship overhead and, like, open the back doors. So as you are approaching, you can see in the distance the church because there is a solid column of red coming out through the top of it. It looks like the uh, the roof has been blown off where this this beam of light is coming out and the chunks of the shingles and the roof are floating up through it weightlessly. Oh, that looks that looks real bad. Jenny, Cody, best of luck. I love the sick new tunes. I'll be back. I have to go kill an evil god, I think. 
have a good one. And then Merrick just steps off the ship and starts plummeting towards the ground. You plummet out of the ship. Your descent thrusters activating just in time as the cloak billows up and out and you hit the ground. You see the persistence fly over you and continue going towards the worm. I think we're going to keep with you for now, Merrick. How would you like to approach this church? There is, uh, like I said, I, I would say maybe like you're a block away. You're on this maybe like two story roof. Uh, it's yep. flat. You can see the church in the distance. Well, thanks to a couple of my feet. I'm really good at jumping. So I'm going to jump from rooftop to rooftop, trying to be a little stealthy, I guess. Just, you know. Okay. Give me yeah. uh, an athletics and a stealth and we'll see how this goes. I'm going to graviton mode and we'll do athletics is going to be ooh, really good. 31. Yeah. You just like, you don't even take a running jump. You just kind of like take a casual stroll uh, and then just leap to the next roof. And ooh, my stealth is going to be 15. Okay. In that case, please give me a perception check. Uh-oh. It's not going well up till now, boys. Um, perception 28. Okay. Um, as you are... I assume you're just like hopping roofs, right? Like you're not yeah. going one at a time. Um, so as you are sort of uh, bounding from roof to roof to roof, for a brief second, you feel like you see something climb into one of the windows of the buildings off to your left and right. Uh, mm. Almost like Spider-Man style, like on the wall and in. And when you look over, uh, you just see sort of like the smashed windows of uh, some of these residential buildings that have have been smashed and, and, and destroyed from the onslaught. Merrick's not in a rush. So I think Merrick is just, and like now that he notices he's being stalked, he's just going to stand in the middle of, like a, if there's a, bigger, a slightly bigger building nearby, he's just going to stand in the middle of it okay. and wait to see if they pounce on him. So he's just waiting to see if they come in to check him out. Okay, cool. Yeah, you stand uh, in the center of this, this building and watch and wait and listen. Cody, the worm you can see in the distance is, uh, it looks like it's just like ping-ponging back and forth, trying to destroy as much as it possibly can in its flight path. What would you like to do? How would you like to approach this thing? I guess first approach is going to be stealthy. Um, I want to get near enough to scan it before I make any rash actions. And you, it's a, a huge effort for Cody not to just come blasting in and pelt it. Because he knows if you get an attack in, like the first hit is always the best, but he's trying to play it smart. So I think get in range, maybe duck down behind some buildings for cover and try to just scan. Cool. Then you are, uh, give me a piloting check to see how well you can weave in between the buildings and avoid detection. Say 38. Amazing. Yeah. Actually, wait, do I get, I think I get bonuses for piloting too, don't I? Whatever the piloting bonus for the persistence is. I'm not sure what it is anymore. Either way, 38 will do. Oh, oh, will it? The DC was 39. <laughs> so, yes, you are able to weave through these buildings. And as it crests around, you're able to swoop underneath it. And you're currently flying undetected underneath. Uh, give me a computer's check. Sure. Uh, so I have an ability called Lone Wolf, which lets me substitute half my pilot bonus for, like, any... Uh check okay which is really cool. cool so i'm gonna use that oh no only half my ranks bummer now I, I have more ranks in computers so i'm just gonna roll that i assume we're using our sensors right yes cool so i got a plus four and i'm gonna use one of the duo nodes 
Can I use both in one check? I can't, right? No. Uh, it's a 25. Yeah, oh yeah, easy. This wasn't a difficult check. It's fucking huge. You managed to get your sensors off and get a really good reading on this thing. And you hear Zelfus say, All right, it's coming in. Give us a second and we'll be able to analyze it. Okay. We're just going to keep it nice and quiet until you tell us where and when to shoot it, okay? All right, Durin. Yeah. You have reached the point where you know your camouflage won't be as effective mm-hmm. as it should be. You're, I'm going to say, like 200 feet away from the building. You you can see it pretty well, um, but you know any closer, you're, you're going to be a lot more exposed than you have been in the past. Okay, okay. What kind of cover is in between me and the build this uh, this tower? What do I have around me that I can use? Um, so there are buildings all along the side of this street. There's it's mostly sort of like business. You seem to be like in the downtown business financial core kind of thing. There's banks. Uh, there's like skyscrapers, and then there's a, a bunch of like parked cars along the side of the road as well. Um, There is a crashed bus a little bit closer to the tower. Um, And other than that, it is, it is just what you would expect to find on a, on like Mm -hmm. a a street. Okay. I'm going to slowly make my way into one of the buildings and try to go from like building to building as I move closer and closer until we eventually get to that stretch where there's no cover at all. (laughs) Okay. So I will say, if you want to do that, the only way to move from building to building would be either to, uh, go to the roof and move along the rooftops, kind of like what no, Merrick's doing. No, because there wouldn't be mm-hmm. any way to like move into the, the adjacent buildings from where you are. Oh, I know. I mean, more so like I realize not roof to roof, but more so like alleyway to alleyway type of movement. Okay, sure. Yeah, give me another self check. Sure. It doesn't go well. Okay, what'd you get? <laughs> not one. <laughs> <laughs> And now it begins. <laughs> it all starts. The dice knew. The dice knew. You make your way to uh, one of the banks. And as you crack the door open, you hear, whirp, 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 whirp. As the alarm yep. begins going off, it echoes through this empty street. Then you see it. The sniper glint from the top of the yep. tower. As a bullet comes, like, launching towards you. Give me... Actually, you know what? I'm just going to roll. Yeah. An attack yeah, roll that's on. fair. Does a... Oh, man. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Does a 34k AC hit you? It sure fucking does. All right. All this buildup, I just get, like, sniped in the street. <laughs> just dead. <laughs> not- How do we not take the reroll? Like daily thing, we all just. Oh took wait, the wait! Plus, I do have that. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh. No, no we, we didn't take the real one. We took the yeah, rocker. Like to... Rocker inspiration is what you have. Yeah. And Miles already used his. I have my. Yeah. I have my poncho. You do have your poncho. Yeah. That's fun. I think I'm gonna use my poncho right now for this. Okay. Can you remind? Do you have the the flavor text for it? What you do and how it works. Durance poncho misdirection. Once per day, when an enemy successfully rolls an attack against me. I can spend one RP to perform a flourish with the poncho and force them to re-roll the attack roll and take that result, even if it's better. So just like I see the glint, I quickly move. Maybe my poncho makes the illusion of where I was and go ahead. I'm fucking real. (laughs) I rolled a one. Yes. Yes. Poncho, 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 poncho. poncho. Your poncho display is so impressive. He jams the sniper rifle. (laughs) 
that's so fucking upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've been a sniper almost your entire life. It's yeah. it's you breathe this sort of conflict. It's so ingrained in you to avoid this fire. You flick your poncho, and when you do, you're gone. The bullet smashes into the window beside the bank, and you see it go through. It shatters the glass. And when you see it hit the teller booth, it practically explodes. <laughs> Shit. You know that they are using high caliber and high explosive rounds. If this were to hit you, you would have been oh very, very hurt. But you are able to. How would you like to get away from this this fire? Where do you want to go? I want to end up in cover and like be pulling my own sniper from from my pouch and getting ready, just like. Okay, if Knowing you want it, coming from. Yes. if you like it, I'll put you at the bus. That works perfect. Cool. So you're able to fucking just haul ass through the street right down the center and slide into this uh, crashed bus. There's a small fire at the front of the engine. You can tell that it's probably not an immediate danger, but not something that you want to be in long term. And most of the windows have been blown out from whatever destroyed this bus. Yes. What would you like to do? Get my rifle out to start, like, have getting it ready, checking the round, putting, like, just a cover on my uh, scope, so not to cause a glint, and slowly crawl underneath the bus until I can see the top of the tower. Okay. What are you trying to... What are you... What is your goal here? I am planning on take... Sniper fight. Gonna take a shot. Um, you are at a impossible angle right now. Okay. For, okay. Uh, you would either have to get a lot further back or a lot higher up. Okay. Uh, okay. Because right now you are pretty much like you're about sixty feet from the tower. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Okay. So you know that like this is sort of their dead zone. They don't have a, a great shot on you, and you certainly wouldn't be able to shoot up at them. Okay. 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 If that's the case, if I'm in their dead zone, then yeah, we're gonna like just stealthily move towards the tower. Let's just make a let's beeline towards it. I know something's up already. I'm not gonna get a stealth check. I want an athletics check to see how well you can just sprint towards this door. I got a dirty 30. Sorry, 31. You uh, slide out from under this bus, shoulder your rifle, and just fucking huff it. And you manage to get up to the stairs of this tower. Merrick. Yes. It's a tense moment of waiting on this rooftop. You don't hear anything until the sound of a glass popping. And it's not across the street or down the street. It's on the building that you're currently standing on. And you can hear all the windows below you begin blowing out. And then the sounds of chittering and clicking. And then you see a clawed hand reach up and over the edge of the building. And then another one as a creature pulls itself up onto the roof of the uh, the building with you. And then you see another hand and another hand and another claw on the other wall. And then all around you, you see these strange creatures beginning to pull themselves up. Imagine the, do you know the liquor from Resident Evil? Yeah. So they're kind of like that. They're these like humanoid crawly things, but except where its neck would begin it's just a flat mound. There's like no, there's no neck. However, there is still a mouth where the neck should be. This weird, perfectly round, gaping maw of fangs and teeth, like overcrowded with teeth and a long forked tongue. There is about 20 of them 
all crawling up onto the building and beginning to just look at you. And they all begin sort of like rotating around, almost like you're in the eye of a hurricane. Please roll for initiative. I was not expecting 20, Dane. I was expecting maybe five or six. This is a good time to tell you that I will be uh, stealing a little uh, something something from not another D&D podcast called The Cleave Rules. So the way this is going to work is you're fighting sort of a swarm of lower tier monsters. Uh, anytime this happens, I will be doing a thing called Cleave Through. So any damage you do to kill an enemy will be passed on to adjacent enemies. So, for example, if they have 10 HP and you do 30, you would kill three of them. Okay. Also, um, 20 is just five per arm. Um, that's um, an unnatural 20. You certainly go first. Merrick doesn't even like get them, let them get in the perfect circle. So Merrick just dashes to one side, cloak be- like bellowing in the wind, pulls out a solarium blade as it forms. It's poor, pure black blade, and he's just going to slash into the first one. Okay. That's going to be a 25 to hit. Yes, absolutely. Uh, going into photon mode as it changes from purple outline to that nice, bright sun shade 21 plus 36 points of damage. Okay. Uh, you charge in and sort of like startle them. They're used to being the predator. They're not used to people charging into the thick of them. Um, And you manage to cut down two of them and injure another. I'll show you what the apex is, you weird chameleon tongue things. Perfect. There are 18 of them. You see the side that you charged at. They all just sort of like hit the ground and like hop up. They all try to sort of like dogpile you. You're going to have to give me a fortitude save, please is what I wanted. Um, 29. You feel them beginning to pelt down on you, but the second one lands on you, you're able to just like with one arm fling them, with another arm fling them, and you're just sort of like pushing all of these weird fucking things off you um, as the ones from the other three sides begin galloping, just like full force, all four arms and legs just like going full tilt at you, and they're all going to make an attack... So is we're, I'm counting them as as four entities. Cool. Um, my KSC is 29. Okay. Uh, the first one hits. Okay. Second one hits. Third one's a net 20. Good. And the fourth one misses. All right. Damage for the first hit is 17 points of damage. For the second hit is nine points of damage. The crit. Oof. Uh, 39 points of damage for the crit. Gross as the first uh, wave of them run, and they're not trying to do a lot of damage per creature. They're just, they run past you and get a lucky claw and rake it down your back and then just get to the other side as the other side rushes forward at you. They manage just to sort of like chomp down on your calf and just pull with their like overcrowded mouth of teeth. And then the last one, as you sort of like buckle and uh, recoil from the first two attacks, one jumps up on you, digs its claws into your back and bites down on your neck, pulling out a huge chunk with a spray of blood. And as soon as that blood goes spraying out onto the roof, you see a portion of them all run towards it and begin licking it up. Yeah. Uh, It is your turn. Merrick just like uses all his might to push them off enough for him to get a swing in. First attack um, is a... I, th- I rolled a 19 on the dice, so I'm assuming a it's, 30 yes, that something. Hits. Yeah, 
Oh, I almost rolled max damage. 45 points of damage in the first attack. Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to cleave. Now that my first attack is successful, I'm going to take a second attack. Hell yeah. So I'll be doing three attacks in total. <laughs> cool. That one's going to be a 26 to hit. Uh, that hits. That's 40 points of damage. <laughs> yeah. Attack cool. number three. You're so Merrick strong. Is just, he's just like literally spinning, I think. Like he's like, Ooh, I'm a Beyblade. And he's just like <laughs> cutting into as much as possible. We see overhead the cloak spinning. You look like a like a top as you're just like as they all like launch up, you're just cutting them down. They keep jumping over and you're managed to like you're just like nailing your timing. Uh, second attack is 31 to hit. Yes. Third attack, sorry. And another 40 points of damage. So Merrick did over 100. One, 131 points of damage. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez, dude. Uh, and you kill nine of them. <laughs> you kill half of the the ones that are remaining. Yeah, you're just spinning. Your robes flowing perfectly, almost making like a, a semicircle shape as the front half of you is just a flurry of blows as your blade is just slicing through them. You see them getting cut in half and the ones that are being killed, you see other ones running and lapping up their blood and insides their weird sort of like smooth face and maw just covered with like the black ichor that is coming out of them that should be their blood but it's this thick almost like oil like substance um and they're just like furiously licking it up it is their turn uh my ac is down to 27 for this round okay as i cleaved there is only uh, two groups left, so two attacks coming in. First one misses, uh, second one hits. Oh, yeah, Merrick's spaced out. He knows the first group is coming, sort of knows. He, he, instead of taking two, he's set up so he can dodge one to make sure he gets hit by the second one. So he bounces back as the crash of the second wave hits his back. Yeah, um, and they manage to do 12 points of damage to you. As once again, they they realized like that big hit was was good, but they didn't know if it was worth putting them at a disadvantage. So it's just, again, they're just like launching themselves at you and taking little swipes and bites at you as they pass by. It is your turn. I need a reflex save. All right. This is their best save. That is a 17 on the die uh, for a 25. That is not enough. Let me double Damn. check. Hold on. Um, no, they pass. They take half. Well, okay. you roll for both parties or it's for every single one of them. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I'll do the other one. Yeah. Uh, the other ones fail. Okay. So one half of them are going to take half damage. The other half are going to take full damage. That's half. All right. 32 fire damage explodes off Merrick. Okay. Uh, you see two of them just get absolutely vaporized. And then another one gets vaporized as well. So you're down to six of these little guys. Uh, it's their turn. It's going to be one, uh, one attack. Uh, and it misses. Uh, they're so low now in numbers that you realize that like they have no advantage. Uh, one of them goes to jump at you, and it just goes like sailing off the roof um, as you duck underneath it. Uh, it is your turn, Merrick. Just like slowly approaching, knowing he has the upper hand, is just going to stare at these things in their maw as he makes his last attacks. That hits. Tell you what, just roll your other attack right now. Because if you if you land your second attack, you'll I, I land both. I can make a third if I need to. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, that is enough to kill them. You slice through the remaining monsters here. And if you would like, you don't have mysticism, right? I have one rank in mysticism. Perfect. Roll me a mysticism check. That's going to be a 13. <laughs> um, you don't know what these creatures are, 
but you can tell they are certainly demonic. You see a shadow crest over the building as the worm soars over top of you, the persistence flying just underneath it. Cody, you get a message from Zelfus over the comms, and he says, Oh boy, this isn't good. This isn't good at all. If we're correct, this looks like a Chizadu. That's bad news for all of us. You see uh, on your screen, it pops up with sort of like a wireframe version of this creature with its name. And underneath it, you see it says, Harbinger of the Banquet. So the banquet sounds good, but your voice sounds sad. Oh, the banquet is absolutely not good. The banquet is a uh, a sacrificial rite where it essentially devours tens of thousands of sentient life. This thing or something else? Oh no, this thing. Um. Okay. It's so. Where do I shoot it? I would say anywhere. It doesn't look like it has any natural defenses, but it it, 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 it certainly isn't defenseless. Uh, if you look carefully, it has uh, armored plating forged from uh, the metals of, of burning asteroids um, that it wraps itself in when it slumbers. It then uh, melts it into armor around itself. Other than that, you just need to kill it. Perfect, because I came here to scan a thing and shoot the hell out of it, and I'm all done with scanning. Uh, I'm going to just like pull up in a big like corkscrew from under like from beside the building where I was hiding I'm just gonna like strafe the back of the thing and just unload we are in starship combat so the way this works is the way that it always works you have to give me a stunt and then you'll have to give me a a positioning check to attack it the way this is gonna work it's not difficult to get into position in order to like actually see it or get a line on it it's whether or not you can position yourself and get a shot through the armor is essentially yeah. how that's going to play. If you would like to take actions that aren't a pilot action, you can do that and still do an attack because you have Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the way it works is you won't be able to do a stunt, but you can do like rebalancing your shields, etc., etc. Okay, so I can basically do one thing like stunt or action and yes. attack. Perfect. Yes, and then you make a positioning check, and if you get into position, you can make your attack uh, because you do have Jenny on board. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Let's not do a stunt then. I'm going to. I'm going to divert power to the weapons. Before you uh, make any choice or roll anything, you have to tell me what ability you're going to take from Jenny. I'm going to go in hard, so I'm going to take the extra three DX. Okay. Yeah, I'll just I'll read them out real quick for people in case they forget from last week. I can either get a bonus to attack rolls with a plus three, additional damage of three D whatevers, or repair one system completely once per encounter from Jenny. Correct. So I'm going to go with the additional damage. I'm going to divert power to weapons because I want this first hit to count. Okay. Then roll me that uh, engineering check. Sure. Uh, Do you want me to use my ability or hers? Yeah, this would be you. Okay. I'm going to take the uh, plus two as well. Okay. So that is going to be a 24. Divert. Uh, 22 is the DC we're looking for. Ooh, thank God. All right. So I pass. So you pass. Uh, So that is, you turn all ones to twos, right? Yes. Then let's do some positioning checks. You pull up on your console the screen that you always see Durham playing with, and you've seen him do it before, and you just crank all those sliders to the max. (laughs) It works. You've you've never really understood it, and now you get why he does what he's doing, and uh, you see the little, like, weapons icon light up, and it begins, like, flashing. All right, positioning checks. 37. That is enough. Uh, What is your positioning, DC? Uh, 27, uh, which 
they also do. Um, so go ahead and roll your attack. All right. So it's going to be 18 d4s. Hell yeah. I'm also not going to be considering this thing to have arcs. Okay. So its, it's shield is just a flat... So you can attack from any arc. I'm not going to worry too much about that. But I will tell you when it's attacking your arcs because of your shields. Sure. I realized I just rolled damage instead of rolling to hit. So yeah, probably roll, roll to hit. Roll, roll to hit. Ooh, I love that. That's 36 to hit. Uh, that is enough. Yes. All right. Uh, that is 51 points of damage. Is that converting your ones? That is converting my ones. Just a little bit more than a Merrick. As I just like punch the ship like up the length of the worm and just like like gatling gun amazing how where do what arc do you want to position closest to it i guess if i'm flying over it it would be my back arc okay cool yeah you manage to crest up and over it and as you fly above it you just sort of like lay down heavy fire along its spine or where its spine would be it's a worm it doesn't have one um (laughs) And then you see it sort of like let out this horrible scream as its beak at the front opens up. You see this like swirling void inside of it as it goes to make its attack on you. Is it biting or shooting me? Um, It is biting you. That's not great. That's um, 27 AC. Yep, that'll do it. Okay. Or wait, hold on, hold on. All right, so the aft arc takes 23 points of damage. As uh, you zip in front of it, you see that it wasn't going nearly as fast as it is capable of, and it just sort of, like, lunges forward and grabs onto the back of the persistence, and you can feel it trying to, like, direct its movement now. It's latched onto the back, and it's, like, sort of, like, almost like a dog with a toy, like, shaking back and forth, and you're able to, just at the last second, able to gun it a little bit and escape its mouth, but it's it's done some serious damage to the back. You can see that the, the shields are, are flickering. Yeah, that's more than half our shields back there. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, it is your turn. Uh, okay. I'm going to do a stunt. So I'm going to uh, evade to get a plus two to okay. AC. Whew. It's a bad roll, but it's just enough. It's a 25 and it's, I need a 23 to hit it. So I like uh, I start like weaving in and out of buildings, not that it wouldn't be able to reach me, but that it won't be able to keep track of me because I know it can just smash through the buildings. Yes. Yeah, you you begin weaving and and dodging and and like doing quick stunts so that it every time it like glimpses you from the side, it like smashes into a building to make like a hard turn and like navigate again through it. It's it's smashing a bunch of shit, but the second it like current turns around, you've already like circled back around or underneath it, mm-hmm. um, and you can tell that it's like almost getting tangled up in the buildings and it's it's slowing down a little bit. Make your positioning check. Uh, Thirty six. Uh, okay, I do not make it. Uh, so oh, get your yeah. attack. Amazing. Yeah, I like visually it's like you see our ship, like the back of it, like weave, weave. And every time it's broken by eyeline, you see it again and again and again. And then the third time you like see it flash out of view. When it comes back into view, I flip the ship around. So it's facing right at the worm. And I'm just going to like shoot right down its throat if I can. Yeah, you can see it like rears up and smashes at what it thinks is you, but it's just a reflection in one of the windows. And it's like kind of stuck in this building for a minute, giving you an opportunity to light it up. I'm going to take the extra damage as well and a plus two to this roll. 29 to hit. 
29 does not do it. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know if I get any bonuses to it, but yeah, that looks like 29 is going to be it. You send a just absolute barrage of gunfire. You see Jenny's got a good line on the turret. And as you're shooting, you see them like all of the, the ammunition just pinging off that star metal that has been grafted onto its body, dealing no damage. It manages to get its face out of the building that it just smashed into and curls up smashing the adjacent buildings to turn and face you and is now once again behind you giving chase tell me what jenny ability you're using and we're starting the turnover jenny maybe maybe focus on targeting for now this thing's it's kind of tough to hit you got it honey so i'm gonna take the the plus three to attack rolls because this thing is a lot harder to hit than i thought it would be uh you see the uh like targeting controls get taken over by Jenny and you can just focus on flying as she you can see like the the targeting reticle begin moving independently and like pinging locations like the the spots of where it's just flesh and not armor i'm going to evade okay so 30 which does yes. it uh, and then I guess positioning. So again, as I, I kind of start weaving between these buildings again, cause it already seemed to work. Oh, it's a net 20. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Which doesn't give me anything, but that's a 41 yeah. <laughs> or does it give me something, Dane? No, we'll figure something out. It should give you something for positioning. You know, what? I'll give you a plus two on your attack roll. Cool. For being in a really good position. Uh, okay, great. Yes, it also gets in position. Um, what arc do you want to present to it? The front arc is at risk because trying to keep this thing on its proverbial toes, because I assume it doesn't have any. This time, instead of waiting for the gaps between buildings, I'm going to find a building with like... Like, imagine an office block with just, like, glass windows on either side. I'm going to go straight through the glass. So, like, just enough clearance for the ship and, like, smash through and, like, strafe it as I, like, pass. Okay. You're, like, destroying the city Superman style. (laughs) That is a 34. Actually, sorry, a 36. Yes, that does. Hell yeah. Not do as much damage this time, but that's okay. Oof, Jesus Christ, that's a bad roll. So 31 points of damage. Okay, you shred some of this armor off of it. You see the the chunk and where it like it's raw and bloody where this big piece of metal goes falling and just like you can see it smash into the street below, kind of like bisecting a car that's been parked underneath it. And it's going to make its attack roll. It got a uh, 29. God damn it, Dane. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just when I get arc. up to 27, you hit me with a 29. I see how it is. He's just he's just watching the stats. He's not actually rolling. The front arc takes 18 points of damage as it uh, just sort of like bows its head and slams into the front of you. Hello, friends. Space Jim Dane here to do the things. Uh, first and foremost, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. It's a doozy. Second, this week has been sponsored by Zencaster. I talked about it before, but Zencaster is the whole reason that you're hearing this show. Uh, we have dudes all over our lovely country. We have Ryan is across on the other end, the East Coast. Terry lives in another city. Nile and I are the only two people who live in the same city. It would be very difficult to do the show if it wasn't for something like Zencaster. It is a all-in-one podcasting studio where we can all just jump on. We record the show. We don't have to worry about backups or losing any progress because even with a slow connection, you've got crystal clear audio quality and backups that are saved on site. 
Zencaster makes it incredibly easy for us to get together, record the show. It is stress-free. It's worry-free. It makes the whole experience very easy. In fact, I'm recording this break in my studio, which is a closet, as you know. And then I'm going to literally walk into my living room where I edit the show and download the files all from there. I don't need to do any transferring. It's all right there. You can access them on any computer as long as you just log into your account. Using Zencaster is now super easy to record a podcast. Log in using any browser, start recording a high quality podcast episode right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure that you always have your recording in the highest quality, even if your connection is unstable. If you've ever thought of starting your own podcast and then realized that you need a bunch of tools and services and platforms, well, those days are over. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcasting platform. You can create your podcast all in one place and then distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com, that's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com slash pricing and use our code NOQUEST and you'll get 30% off the first month of any Zencaster paid plan. Once again, that is Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code NOQUEST and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experience that we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. We are also sponsored this week by Misty Mountain Gaming, our incredible, friendly uh, TTRPG gaming super spot for all of your gaming essentials. They got dice. They got dice towers. They got little wooden mimics just to keep you company. Bags, books, mugs, flagons. Uh, literally anything you would need to elevate your gaming experience. Misty Mountain has it. And we have something for you. It is a code to save 10% on anything you buy in the store. Just head on over to MistyMountainGaming.com. Choose your favorite set of dice or a roll box or a roll mat or whatever you would like of their extensive array of gaming paraphernalia. And at checkout, use the code NOQUEST10 to save 10% on anything you buy at the store. Once again, it's 10% off everything at the store at MistyMountainGaming.com using the code NOQUEST10. It helps you. It helps us. It's win-win. You may have also noticed that there is a uh, a third thing uploaded this week onto the feed uh, outside of this episode and the level episode. We are now doing a new bonus content, a recorded sort of like mini episode for Patreon. We're calling it the 10 minute rest because that's what you do in Starfinder to get your stamina back. It is literally 10 minutes of us recapping the episode, talking about the episode. I sort of like give them a peek behind the curtain, what I can. Uh, they talk about their favorite moments. Uh, we talk about things sometimes outside of the game as well. It's just sort of like a 10 minute episode, exactly 10 minutes. We get no more, no less directly after we record the episode. It's just sort of like spitball our thoughts about what we just recorded it will be releasing every other week outside of the episode so whenever there's an episode the next week will be a 10 minute short rest and then there'll be an episode and 10 minute short rest this first one is available to everyone just so you guys see what it's like so you know what you're getting into uh the next one uh, for episode 56 will be uh, Patreon exclusive and will be available to anyone on any of the paid tiers of our Patreon. That's all for this week, friends. We will see you in two weeks time. We hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Are you looking for a D&D podcast for the dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? 
Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old-school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. Durin. Yes. You're at the front of this tower. Mm-hmm. How would mm-hmm. you like to proceed? What does it look like? It looks almost like a like a half of a church. It looks like a mm-hmm. church tower. So it's this long, uh, really tall, brown sandstone tower. It's got one of those twisted mosaic bulb-like tops on it. Um, but you also see that there's like a steeple that has like a, a viewpoint on the top of it, which is where you can presume that the snipers are currently residing. In front of you are the only means into the tower other mm-hmm. than some of the windows like way, way up, like probably about 80 feet up are the next sort of like means of entrance are these gotcha. double doors, these like 12 foot tall, thin, narrow double doors. Uh, they're wood. They have these giant iron like hooks or like circles that you can like pull open and they're reinforced with this uh, sort of like wrought iron sides and hinges. Mm-hmm. How would you like to get in? Uh, first off, I need to check for traps on that door because there's no way they left this bottom door the only way in unguarded. Um, I got a 30. Uh, yeah, you can see pretty obviously with uh, your expertise and this kind of stuff. Uh, there is a trap set on it, which looks like it's going to be a some sort of like suppression device. Uh, but you can see it. So suppression if like- device. It looks like it's probably going to act almost like a flashbang. Gotcha. Okay. 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 Let's deactivate that bad boy. Yeah. Let's, give uh, me a uh, engineering check, please. Got it. Oh, fucking knocked it out of the park. 41, I think. Yeah, 41. Yeah. You hear, uh, you've used these things probably before. Um, yeah. You manage to, with a, a couple uh, pokes and prods, you hear it go. Is the door unlocked? Probably it not. Is. Oh. Uh, that's equally as concerning. Okay. Putting my rifle back, pistol ready, activating my cloaking field, taking a deep breath, and making entry. You grab onto those iron rings and give the door a, a solid heave. Uh, it pushes the snow that's been building up um. on the streets open, and a loud gunshot goes off. Cool. As a turret that's been set up in front of the door shoots. And mm-hmm. it misses, because I rolled a three. Nice, okay. You take a, a just a casual step to the side. You knew this was coming. This is 101. <laughs> this is this is trap 101. Of course. Um, you know that like usually paired with this suppression device, almost always is paired with some sort of like follow-up trap. It's meant to disorient you, and then you're meant to be shot, essentially. Gotcha. You can tell this is a one-use turret. It was meant to... Yep. to really put people down. But loud enough, uh, probably to alert everyone in the building. Certainly, yes. Okay, cool. In front of you is a elevator, and then off to the right of the elevator is a staircase. Okay, cool, cool. I want to make sure that elevator does not, whoa. Yeah, it does not work. Yeah, I need to, I need to disable that elevator right away. Okay, um, give me an engineering check. Holy shit, hold on, hold on, hold on. My brain's doing a thing. Uh-oh. My brain's doing a thing. <laughs> I'm getting some readings on the ship. It looks like Duren's brain, it's, it's doing a thing. 
It's doing a thing. Darn, we talked about this. No doing a thing. Your vitals are saying that your brain is doing a thing. <laughs> I want to do the opposite of Die Hard. He gives them a machine gun. <laughs> Live easy? What? <laughs> no. Remember the elevator scene? But the opposite. Okay. You want to put the explosives on the elevator and send it up? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Hear me out. Hear me out. All right. This is seeing the elevator plan is forming. All right. I know where they are or yep. what floor of the tower they're on. We can set up the explosives via the uh, the elevator because I'm not sure how um, I guess that's my next question. Is there any like strategical points to put these explosives that will take down the tower or is this a better option? You can look around and realize that like you could certainly do immense structural damage. But mm-hmm, the three mm-hmm. charges probably aren't enough to collapse this tower. Oh hell yeah! Okay, okay, okay. No, we're we're doing it. We're doing it. We're getting the we're getting into little a uh, little uh, elevator action. So that way, whatever ex- whatever flammable substances are nearby, just pile them in, rig it to blow, and then send the elevator up. Uh, you walk over and press the up button to call yep. the elevator, and it doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> well i'm sorry terry <laughs> all right well darn if your, your readings your your brain thing <laughs> <laughs> you just saw a sudden drop and just like no no guys it's fine i just got your sadness meters <laughs> no. all right all right all right okay i'm gonna set up the explosives here and um make my way up the stairs okay how would you That's like good. to set up the explosives you have uh, in- three charges yep yep in a way to cause as much structural damage as possible. Give me an engineering check. Will do. It makes sense to disable the elevator. It's fine. I'm fine. 30. All right. You know that you won't be able to obviously collapse this tower. Yeah. Yeah. But the most beneficial thing to do is to place them all on one side of the tower. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that would that would be the, the best way to make it structurally unsound. It's not going to collapse but it would put it in the most precarious position if you were to mm-hmm. blow out one side as opposed to spreading them out into like three corners or vertically. It just makes sense to put them at the base all along one side of the wall. Love it. Do that. Set a timer for seven minutes and 30 seconds and make my way up the stairs. Now we now I have to track time. <laughs> That's so many rounds of combat, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm assuming going up the stairs isn't going to be is going to take a little bit longer than a minute or a second. Yeah, it takes about seven minutes and 45 seconds to get up to the top. Of All the right, tower. cool, 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 cool. All right. <laughs> All right. You want to climb the stairs? Yeah, I want to climb the stairs. Gun ready. Perception. Keep my beady eyes open, ready for wherever the targets are coming from. If they are aware of me, which probably are 32 on my perception as I'm climbing the stairs, kind of keeping an eye out for things. Yeah, you notice uh, every now and then there are tripwires. They're they're well hidden. They're they're really really well done, but again, this is like this is something you would have done previously. So you know mm-hmm. like they're following textbook sort of like ambush tactics um, and covering their back. So it, everywhere you would put a tripwire, you find one. Um, okay. you're welcome to try to disable it. Otherwise, I will say because you're aware of it, you're easy to like just walk yeah. past it. I'm just going to walk past. I'm not going to disable it. Just kind of Cool. No reason to wait. I have a timer. No reason to waste time right now. Then you get to the top of the tower and you feel the cold wind like whipping and you can hear the movement of people up here um, and muffled chatter. It's hard to hear over the wind, but you can tell 
that there's more than two people here. Okay. Okay. Because you can hear a, a couple distinct voices. Give me a stealth check. Will do. Will do. Can I make a retroactive question? Sure. Can I perchance have grabbed that uh, that flashbang from the uh, from the ground floor from that trap? Uh, no. So when you deactivated it, it okay. Like you you dismantled it. No worries. I got hopeful. Uh, Thirty. Uh, okay. What kind of inventory got going on here? As you are making your way up the stairs, you hear those voices hush, and then you hear a as three grenades great get banked off the side of the wall and come rolling down towards you please give me three reflex saves if i succeed i know what this what i want this to look like (laughs) hopefully uh first one's a 14 uh 25 and then a 21 okay uh two of them succeed so you're oh. able to dodge under two as they go pinging down the stairs. But as you dodge those two, the third didn't. As you turn around, you see the third right in front of you on the stairs, and it detonates. Fuck. A soft fuck as he sees this. Uh, you take 27 points of damage, and you have to give me a fortitude save, please. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do this to me, Day. No. Not one. The grenade explodes into shrapnel and needles. You look down and you realize that one of them has pierced you. And as you pull it out, uh, you notice that it's hollow and dripping with a purple liquid. You are now sickened. Oh, do I want to delay this? Do I want to delay this? It only delays for a turn, right? Yeah, yeah. It only delays it for a turn. So probably not. Non combat. So it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Uh, can I make a medicine check, please? You sure can. Okay. Uh, my medicine is a 38. You have been hit with some sort of toxin and you will need a antitoxin to attempt to, uh, roll another fortitude save to bypass it. For the time being, you will be sickened indefinitely until it is treated. Okay. Okay. This is why we set the timer and we don't have a button. This is why we do these things. And then, uh, you're going to have to roll me initiative. Uh, my initiative is a 32. Uh, okay, fantastic. Let me roll their initiative. <laughs> Didn't like that sound, Dane. It, I just rolled such dog shit. Okay, enough time has passed for everyone that you're all going to have to roll me a D8, please. Oh, has it been 10 minutes of downtime for Merrick? It certainly has not. Um, I rolled an 8. I rolled an 8 as well. I rolled a 7. Nile. Sorry. I'm sorry, boys. Well, wait, my ion stone, if I'm one away. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they all have. Hey, you can. Hey, do you want to bump it up to an eight? No. <laughs> Not with that face. No. <laughs> yeah. With that face and that tone, I want to gouge my eyes out. How many demons do we summon? <laughs> Dang it. Uh, the amount that you rolled. Oh, good. Oh, oh good. No. Cody, as you are flying through the city, you see that one of the buildings hasn't been evacuated. And there is a large group of Sinonans on the roof, all sort of like waving for help. And as you guys are flying towards there, you notice the worm has also taken note and is like nose dives down and looks like it's aiming for the base of that building. Is is it my go? It is your turn. Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to give everyone their terrible results. Uh, Well, the boys have rolled eights, which is the good result. Nothing happens. Oh, oh. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm one away, so I use my ion stuff. Are there any 
other ships or enemy forces nearby. Uh, yeah, there are there are ships like buzzing around. Uh, some of the armada, like some of the ship armada ships, are here and fighting the Ministry of Defense over the city. Do I think I would be able to get there and get them on board on time? Absolutely not. Okay, yeah, I figured. All right, I'm going to bait and switch this worm and try to make it think that one of its own ships fired on it. Uh, okay. So that it will attack it, giving them time to escape. Because I don't know what else I can do. Okay. I'm going to use my plus two for uh, the duo node. What Jenny ability are you using? Uh, I will do the plus three to attack in the hopes that if this fails, I can at least make it come for me instead. Okay. Uh, okay. Wish me luck. Oh, you know what? <laughs> so, I get a 32. I need a 33. I use my ion stone. Hell yeah. <laughs> whoop, nice. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, unfortunately, you did use it to increase the D8. To an 8, so, so a good thing happens. So I'm, I'm fine either way. Uh, no, that's just how many people are on the build. Yes, no, you managed <laughs> to... How many to, orphans are there? All of them. You manage to, yes, you're, you're going and then your ion stone pings uh, just enough to give you a heads up of like the timing and you're about to swerve, but you hold for just a split second longer and then jerk the, the console or the controls to the left and you manage to swoop up and sort of like buzz past one of the Ministry of Defense ships and they take a just a, like a, a lucky shot as you like cross through them and as they do uh, you manage to just zip past them and their missile goes and hits the back end of this worm causing it to like rear up look up it sees you and sees this ministry of defense ship and then you see that swirling like void in its mouth glow really 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 bright and then it just shoots a beam and smashes into this Ministry of Defense ship. Uh, and it also, like, clips, like, the side of this building as it just sort of, like, cleaves sort of like a, a corner off of one of these adjacent buildings. Uh, but you have successfully distracted it from the people on the, the roof. Uh, and I, I open comms. Uh, Zelfus, you never said it could shoot big beams from its mouth. Anything else I need to know? Um, hold on. Let me let me see what I can do. And you know what? Yeah, he'll he'll give you a little... A little rundown on stuff. He, as you can see, uh, has a laser that he can shoot out of his mouth. He can bite. He can slam. Uh, he can also burrow. And I think that's kind of all he can do. Merrick, unless you have something you want to do, you can be at the church. So what Merrick does before he goes to the church is that he piles all the dead bodies pretty quickly on one paw in the middle of this building to sort of draw any more of these things in the area to this pile of, a pile of flesh. He's going to take off his robe, which is covered in their blood, roll it into a ball, and use his uh, like force powers to fling it into another building to draw them somewhere else too, just to set up more traps so if they, these things do come from his behind, they get distracted by different sights. Okay. Wipe off a bit of his blood, and then he's going to get to the church. You arrive at the church, and once again, it is this, think, gothic architecture. It is this beautiful church. It's got a, a large radial window of stained glass at the front of it. It has uh, two sets of big wooden doors. There are pillars that sort of crest up and over it. The main sort of like chapel area used to have one of those uh, beautiful domed 
roofs uh, with like color and mosaics. But as you saw when you were on the persistence, you see that there is a giant red beam of energy smashing through the roof of it, shooting straight up into the sky. You look up into the sky and you can see sort of like a swirling mass sort of like culminating around where this beam is going up into. And you can see parts of the church getting ripped and torn off into this beam as they slowly float up. But now that you're closer, you can see that they're also slowly disintegrating. They're slowly just being eroded, almost like you're watching like a fast forward in time. There doesn't seem to be like a force doing it. It just seems like it's falling apart again, like through time and erosion. And you don't see anything in front of the church, but you're starting to see sort of like these red tendrils beginning to sort of like encase the church. So can I not go through the front door because of the pillar of light? The pillar of light is sort of like in the in the chapel area. So in you can definitely, area. yeah, there are two two sets of doors, which you assume probably lead into like the same foyer. Uh, you can just tell that this is sort of like the church of the city. So it is it is huge. Like it's a very, very large building. What was the deity for this church again? Sorry, the original uh, deity? It is Eurisa, which is the goddess of knowledge, mental perfection, scholarship, and science, and Talavet, goddess of community, self-reliance, and tradition. And you know those are like the core deities of Sinonan theology. All right, I could do this like a Durin, or I'll do this like a Merrick. So Merrick is yeah. going to go through the front door. <laughs> yeah, you swing open the front doors, and as you do, you hear a sermon of sorts. You hear someone preaching in a language you don't quite understand. Uh, give me a will save, please. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Oh, 18 on the dice. Thank you, Space Jesus. Um, my will is my worst, I think. Yeah. 25. You are able to resist sort of the mental control that seems to be radiating out from the main chapel area. But you also get the sense that there is sort of a consent, a permission being asked to understand what's being said. So it almost seems like there is like a tongue spell being cast as well. So you've you've successfully negated the bad part of it. If you want, you can accept the, the good yeah. part of it to understand what's being said. I'll take the tongues. Great. This strange infernal language quickly switches into common and you understand what's being said from the chapel you hear this big booming voice saying the council will receive its dues the banquet will be conducted and we will step closer to our goal to divinity to absolution to destruction and as he's preaching you can hear a chorus of what you assume are his like congregation echoing absolution destruction divinity uh, as he's preaching you hear sort of like these these voices repeating sort of like the key words what would you like to do right now you're off to the side on these side doors of your entrance in front of you is uh, sort of these uh, on one side you see a relief of Eurisa and on the other side, you see a relief of Talavet, and those have been destroyed. They've, they've been smashed. You can still make out what they are, and then there is a massive archway uh, made with, like, ornate gold leaf into the church proper. Uh, you can't really see into it because you're off to the side. Uh, yep. You can see that that's where the, the proper, like, the chapel is. I'm going to... Sorry, I can't see anything. I just They're inside the chapel, so I'm not in the chapel yet. Not yet. No, you're in, like, the foyer. 
Okay, I guess I'll go up to the chapel door. Uh, so there's no door. It's, it's just an archway. So if you want, oh. you can just like, yeah, you can just get up to, you can either walk like straight into it or you can go to the side to peek in, whatever you want to do, however you want to approach it. Oh, God. How do I want to approach it? And how would Merrick approach it? Merrick is just going to walk into the chapel. As you stride into the chapel, the scene doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's only one man there and he's cloaked a hood up over his head. You can only see his mouth through the shadow. And he is standing in front of a swirling black hole where this red beam is coming out of. And he has his arms extended and he continues his sermon. But when you walk in, you hear once again his congregation that you don't see all say, A trespasser. He should not be here. He should not be here. He's here to interrupt the banquet. And the man walks through the black hole, passes through it as if it's not there to crest out to the other side so that he's facing you. And he lowers his hood and you see that he is uh, has no eyes. He has like a flat sort of reptilian nose and he's got this like wide grin this huge mouth that goes almost like if he had them ear to ear and he smiles and you see these jagged teeth and he drops his robe uh, and he is completely naked and covered in mouths and he says what are you doing here child have you come to relish in the destruction and all the mouths speak at once destruction 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 He says, have you come to join the congregation? And the mouths echo, congregation, congregation. I am not the trespasser here, friend. There are two gods and goddesses who are a little bit pissed off that you've taken up home in someone else's house and someone else's world. So why don't you take your fucking banquet for takeout and go back the fuck where you came from? I'm sure you can heat it up in the microwave. The grin widens and takes over pretty much the whole bottom half of his face and he says we will be taking everything and all the voices say everything 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 as he reaches into his palm and into one of the mouths and draws out a sword and he stands upright His posture shifts, he straightens, he rolls his shoulders back, he places one arm behind him and points his sword towards you like a fencer and says, you will be first to the feast. Roll for initiative, please. I already had lunch. Sorry, friend, but I'm full. (laughs) Uh, You can heat it up (laughs) in the heat of the desert sun. That's what they call microwaves on your home planet. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just the sun. You just put it's, it outside. It's the brand of the microwave, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you go first. Oh, wow, really? Okay. Go in the photon mode, and I guess I cross blades as I move up to this freaky... Can I roll, like, a mysticism check as I move up as a freebie? Little freebie? Absolutely. See if I can roll more than... Mo- Natural 20. Natural oh, 20. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Natural man. 20. What is this bitch? You've heard of these people. You and, and with all the pieces, the the worm, the black hole, the banquet. Can I say his name? Because I think I know who we're dealing with here. You you probably don't, but I'd love to hear what you, I'd love to hear what you think. It's yeah. not Rovagog. I just assumed this was Rovagog devouring. It is. Mount. 
it is the Devourer. It's a cult of the Devourer. Yeah. Wait, what? This is known as an atrocyte, the physical embodiment of atrocities. And you see him covered in mouths, victims of his. When he takes a life, he can add its mouth and consciousness to his congregation to live and struggle for all eternity under his will and under his sermon. They serve him and bolster his faith so that no matter what happens, the devourer will always be worshipped for as long as he lives. They are uh, powerful divine casters. And with a nat 20, let me see if I can give you some some information. Devouring motherfuckers. He's like an evil worm. So he's like, I, I bet you on my planet, he's like the worst of the worst. <laughs> it's just interesting because Robocop doesn't really pop up. So I'll give you something. He has blind sense life. He is immune to poison. And then his one of his special abilities is uh, called fell words and fell sermon, which can impart various uh, negative spell effects on you as like swift actions. He can essentially cool. cast spells um, from a pool using his additional mouths. All right. Merrick rushes up and we cross blades as he goes in for the first attack. Attacking once because I had to move. 33. That is enough. Oh, I hate how you actually had to think about that. 35 points of damage. So Merrick crosses blades, tries to get in, sort of pushing back and forth on it. Yes, you manage to break his guard. And as you drive your blade into him, you notice that he does not bleed. You sink your blade deeper and deeper, his flesh beginning to cauterize uh, with the heat of your solarian blade. And as you pull it out, he smiles, and the wound, you see it starting to close. You did 35, you said? Yeah, 35. Is this another moment where Dane's like, no, you did hurt him, though. You did do damage, but you can tell (laughs) that uh, it wasn't nearly as effective as a regular blow. Cool. Oh, it's good. still there. The, the wound is still there, but it's it's closing. It's more there to make you feel better rather than actually doing anything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. He's going to take his turn. Um, so first, uh, you need to give me, yes, a will save, please, as all of his mouths begin screaming to a, a, a like a volume that shouldn't be possible. And they're all at like different harmonic tones almost like a a church group singing gospel, except instead of gospel, it is absolute terror, and it's a nightmare to listen to. What'd you get, buddy? Eleven. You are stunned. Oh, Oh. no. He's going to attack you. Yeah. Flat-footed is 25, 24. Uh, That is a 32 to hit you. Yeah. Don't use your calculator. Don't use your calculator, Dane. That's 23 points of damage as he stands up straight again after this hit that you just dealt him and very casually and very slowly places his rapier onto your shoulder and just slowly slides it all the way through you and just leaves it there and then quickly pulls it out, flicks the blood on the ground and regains his stance. Durin, it is your turn. Oh, okay. You saw three grenades get thrown over the stairwell. The stairwell leads up into sort of what you imagine is the steeple viewing area. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can guess that there is at least three people up there. Cool. Um, what I want to do is I want to splinter cell style, like go up the wall 
go up the hallway and using my stealth camo, hide in plain sight. Okay, so I'll, I'll try to explain. Imagine like a watchtower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're going up the stairs up into the, the steeple area. There's no hallway. Oh, like, okay. Just, For some reason, I imagine like that was like a twisting hallway, right? So no, you're you're at the top of that now. Okay, the, cool. Like so, the stairs lead right up into the platform where you assume they are. Okay, but they haven't seen me yet, right? They haven't seen you, but they know you're there. Okay, okay, okay. So you can still do this. I just want to give yeah. you a, a physical representation of what you're dealing with. No, no worries, no worries. I do want to still hide in plain sight. For sure. Because hey, maybe the grenade didn't kill me. Um, that is a 32 stealth. So are you moving up into the room with them then? I think so. If like, yeah, I'm definitely want to hide in plain sight and then make my way slowly into the room. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's you do it. Let's go ham. Manage. Okay. So I'll tell you what the room looks like. It is a viewing port, clearly like a tourist thing at this point in time, probably had incredible strategic, uh, importance back in the day sort of like in early Sinonan times but now this seems like it's a a tourist thing Um, there are grates that have been removed from the sides that used to be safety grating to keep people from falling off um, kind of like the Empire State Building has Uh, they have been removed and they're sitting on the ground so clearly these guys had come in and and removed them there is a sniper perch um, facing the palace there's a bin of like a bunch of ammunition and rifle parts and rations. And there's a small, like little portable heater up here as well. Um, Once you get up into the, onto the platform proper, there is like a, like an electronic heating source. um, And you see that there are three of those cadrical keepers. Um, The guys in like the black sort of uh, geometric armor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All three of them are trained on the stairs. Uh, one of them seems to follow you up. Yeah, cool. Let's do this. Let's go. What would you like to do? I think that's or my is, turn, isn't that's it? That's your turn? Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't think I can do anything else. Cool. Uh, then the other two, one guy like nudges the other guy and says, go check and see if you got him. And the other guy says, he's in the room, you idiots. And they're going to use their turn to like activate their, their visors. Mm. The other guy is going to take a shot at you. That's a natural 20. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no, indeed. Poncho Mark (laughs) 2. I'm looking at my saving throws and that sickened condition. Um, That's where I'm now very concerned. Uh, You take 37 points of damage. Okay. As the dude who saw you just point blanks you with his sniper rifle. This is also a crit. So you have to give me a fortitude save, please. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, big fuck. 24. So that's because we're going to get. You know that if this wasn't one of these supercharged bullets, you would be bleeding out real bad right now. But the heat and the close range of this shot has cauterized the wound enough to stop you from just losing a ton of blood. Yeah. Cody. You are flying through the city. You are about to buzz over through the... You, you pass by the uh, the tower. You see Durin facing off with three people as you go zooming past. Durin, you hear the persistence engines zoom past you. And then mm-hmm. the worm just narrowly grazes the side of your building, spraying rubble and rock into the, into the viewing port. Um, what would you like to do, Cody? I'm going to roll a perception check to see if I saw Durin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. 
<laughs> so I didn't see Durin. Uh, cool. <laughs> I'm on comms. Durin, the people at the tower are fighting someone. Now might be your chance to strike. Oh, good. I'll take advantage of that. Thanks. I called Merrick. Merrick, how are things going down there? I'm stunned. I don't hear anything. Oh, no. Um, sh- short check. Please come in. Uh, you hear, we're, we're all right, but it's, it's getting real hairy real fucking fast. Do you need help? No, we're, we're okay. We're okay. Just focus on everyone's missions. We'll do it together. I'm sense motiving that. Every fucking time. That's a zero. <laughs> uh, That's yeah, a they're fine. Zero. Oh, okay. I'm going to evade. That'll, that'll blow through it. And then a positioning, I guess. Yep. 29. That is not enough. However, he rolled a natural one. So he overextends himself. You have pissed it off. Uh, it tries to lurch forward. And I'm going to say that you get into position because he rolled Ooh. a nat one. I'm going to take the extra dad. No, I'm going to take the, the plus three to attack. I'm going to use my dual node and I'm going to, again, flip the ship around flying backwards as it like overextends and just like pump it full of lead hopefully it's, it's i miss there's no way even with your plus three it's a plus five because i have a the duo node as well true so that's a 23 to hit i rolled a two yeah that's not enough uh you begin just like peppering it with fire but as you see it it sort of opens its mouth and just absorbs all the fire into that swirling void inside of it merrick you are stunned this round, so he is going to just take his attack. Am I able to use strength of purpose to try to roll against the stunned again if I activate it right now? Do I have the ability to activate it right now? Yes. Yeah, I'll allow it. That's kind of what strength of purpose is for, and it's a mental action, so you can still take mental actions while stunned. So I'm assuming he slowly goes into poke me again, and then all of a sudden Merrick glows that bright blue and his blade changes that cerulean color. My new will save is going to be 26. That's enough. And I also, uh, does someone have a dice roller up? Can someone roll 11d6s for me real quick? I got it. Or do you want me to not do it because the last one was so bad? Oh, I don't care. 11d6s starting now, ending now. Fucking Jesus. That's five ones and two twos and a three for 28. Well... I gained 28 stamina back. It's not as much as I wanted, but that's life. I need to stop rolling things for you. I'll tell you this, Mr. Demon Man. My father was a bit of a preacher himself, and he already preached one thing. Purpose, as I break out and I stab him right in the chest. Fuck yeah. Natural 20. Damn. Oh, oh fuck yeah, dude. You mean that dice roller again? No, I'm going to do it raw. Can't say I'm going to do it raw in your Merrick voice. We'll lose We'll lose half our <laughs> audience to heart attacks. <laughs> 79 points of damage, and I'll make a second attack. <laughs> or is it, is it a movement action you strength the purpose? I don't remember. It doesn't say. Uh, then I'll say it's a swift action. Fuck it. All right. 29. To hit? Yeah. Yep. Uh, 40 more points of damage. Merrick breaks out, one to the chest, and then rips the blade down, sort of trying to bisect him, hitting as many mouths as possible. Yeah, you find it's easy to, like keep your blade going as you reach like hole to hole to hole of the mouth but they just kind of like chitter and laugh as you do oh i have a crit bonus from my weapon i need him to roll a save okay with fortitude probably uh that's an 18 he fails and he's staggered oh shit nice uh popping off yeah you see him he was not expecting you one, to really survive that first stab, let alone break out of the stun. It's his turn now. 
and he raises his arms up to the sky and he looks up and he just says, Come, my children, this one's light will taste exquisite as we extinguish it. And in the distance, you hear that chittering sound again. As the stained glass windows smash out, you see more of those little crawly guys pouring in. Almost like someone has put a chute through the window and is just pouring them out through a truck. They all fall and collapse over in on on each other until the room is practically filled with them. And there is probably like 60, 70, maybe 80 of them. Cool, 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 cool. And he lowers his arms again, puts his blade out, and he says, I can tell that you think you're special, but you are not. You will fall, you will die, you will erode the way that time erodes everything. We have only been created to destroy, and we destroy everything that is created. And I cannot wait to take you apart. Add your mouth to mine. You will join the congregation and you will be serving the Lord of Devouring forever. And from above you, you hear another smash as the stained glass window that hasn't been destroyed by this beam of light caves in shards fall to the ground as a hooded figure lands beside you and the voice says you wouldn't believe how difficult it is to see his mouth holy as the figure beside you forms a silver blade as he flashes you a familiar charming smile 